The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce and I'm so happy that you're here. I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. I want to be surrounded by nothing but positive people. I want to travel the world and inspire people on stages of thousands and I want to make a bunch of money, but I want the money to represent something that I passionately believe in that I would do for free. Just show me a sign. Just show me a sign. Those are the words that today's guest screamed out during the darkest moment of his life. He spent over a decade jumping from one couch to another and lived out of his car for two and a half years. Even though he knew deep down inside that he was meant to live a better life, he allowed his selfish ways, his ego, and his pride to get in the way of reaching his dreams. He was finally realizing that the choices he made created the life he was living. Six and a half years after being homeless, he is now a serial entrepreneur who motivates and inspires thousands. The knowledge he gained while being shaped and molded sent him down the pathway to become a transformation coach. He is an advocate for living a healthy life, business coach, speaker, and author of the book, Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life. This work has given him the ability to reach into the core of a person, find their greatness, and empower them to discover it and use it to produce amazing results in their lives. Please help me welcome Garen Jones to Untamed and Unashamed. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. I'm so excited to share you with the listeners. Mm. So you have a really powerful story and people may look at where you're at today um, and just, you know, look at your life and your house and, and assume that you may have had it easy Yeah. or possibly hear just parts of your story and think that it was all fame and success or parts of your story and maybe judge you before hearing it all. So I'd love for you to talk to us about where you came from and just share the highs and lows of what brought you to where you are today. You know, I, I've, I've always been a, a, a driven kid. I'm all in anything that I ever did. I just never knew where to put that energy. And I always tell people 
energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only be transferred. Mm -hmm. So when I, you know, the, the day my mother told me that she wasn't going to buy me some $150 Jordans when I was six years old, Mm -hmm. she said, when you can make your own money, you can buy whatever you want. I then created my own lemonade stand. I started mowing people's lawns. I started um, washing people's cars. If they would say no, I'd go to the next one. They say no, I'd go to the next one. I didn't even know that that was an entrepreneur. Yeah. I just wanted what I wanted and didn't want the words no to, to, to deter me from what I wanted to get. So at a young age, I always had that drive to get what I want. Hmm. And... Um, I can remember just getting into just like petty crime and, you know, cause it, 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 I never learned the discipline on how to make money. I just knew that I will do whatever it took to make mm-hmm. money. So mm-hmm. whether it be good or bad, it didn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I would say a bit of a strange kid just being from Missouri city, Texas and talking about stars and we're not the only ones in this, in this galaxy and everything, people used to call me a weirdo. And, you know, typically the weirdos have no friends or the the kids that always get in trouble are the ones that kind of bring them in and create that sense of belonging. Yeah. I've always been looking for a sense of belonging. Mm. Well, the people who took me in were the people who got in trouble all the time. And just by way of proximity, I started doing everything that they were doing. Mm-hmm. So I was breaking into cars. I was... Uh, going to the grocery stores and stealing things and whatever. I was doing whatever I saw Mm -hmm. because I didn't have any other mentors. My brother pretty much disowned me. My mom was always at work and my father was murdered when I was a little kid. So Mm -hmm. I I just, the only avenue I had or that I was aware of was in the way that oftentimes got me in a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. However, one thing I noticed as a little kid I'd always be the first to do something. Who wants to do this? I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. I'll do it. And I always put myself out there. I never did it last. I always put myself out there. Mm-hmm. Man, if you 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 uh, buy golf balls, I mean the the if you go to the wealthy neighborhoods, um, you go to sell golf balls for for a dollar. Well, all the golf balls are taken, and it's illegal to like go into the lakes. So what did I do? I would go into the lakes, put a trash bag uh, on on top of the lake, and then dive down so people think that it's a trash bag floating in the lake. But I was in Alligator Island, which means a lake that was infested with alligators. Oh, my God. I was a fearless little kid, and nobody else would go in there, and that's where all the golf balls were. So I mm. made more money than everyone else by doing the things that no one else would do and putting myself out there. I had no idea that that would be a part of my success uh, uh, today, but that was my childhood domestication. Mm -hmm. And I just kept on getting in trouble, went in and out of juvenile, in and out of juvenile, getting kicked out of school, just naturally. But you, you, when you're around a certain kind of people, you tend, you tend to do whatever they do. Yeah. So that was pretty much the makeup of my life. Mm-hmm. And I graduated. Then I started modeling. Then I got back into crime again and 
started doing some uh, other stuff and doing drug smuggling and I just I just kept going mm-hmm. and I was making really good money as a 20 year old mm-hmm. and I ended up in prison serving a 12 year sentence but I got out in two and a half years but this all that was mm-hmm. was a culmination of what I had started when I was a little kid it wasn't mm-hmm. something that just happened mm-hmm. it was a comfort zone for me to get in tr- to do things where I could potentially get in trouble because that's what I did when I was a little kid yeah and that was pretty much my upbringing but inside of all of that was a motivated driven, determined kid who's always first to put himself out there. If you extract all the stuff from the top and I would have people, Hey, you want to go break into cars with me? And so I was an influencer and without even Mm -hmm. knowing that. Yeah. So you take those five things put in today's society, motivated, driven, knows what he wants first to put himself out there. Influencer. It's, kind of the recipe for a certain level of success mm-hmm. when it's the energy is geared in the right direction. Yeah. And so the homelessness came after the jail. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then um, how did you move from what, what brought on this moment where you cried out for a sign? So it once I got out of prison, and I know there's people out there who's like, wait, how are you just going to blow over a prison? So, <laughs> like, I was in prison for two and a half years. I got out. Um, and just that story in itself is crazy. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll have more time to, like, dive deeper in it. But when I got out, I knew I wanted a record deal. I wrote all the songs while I was in prison. Mm-hmm. Your mind, when it's quiet, can literally create anything. Well, while I was in prison all I had was time Hmm. and thoughts. And once I learned how to quiet my thoughts and I ignored time, and then I was just like, well, what would I do inside of here that I wouldn't normally do out there? So in losing my freedom, I discovered my freedom. Hmm. And when I felt free, when I embodied the characteristics of freedom, so funny, that's when they let me out. Hmm. So I get out. And within two months, I got a record deal with the songs that I wrote while I was in prison. I had a $500,000 record deal uh, by Ludacris over at DTP Def Jam and putting out songs on TRL and MTV. But it just was going in a direction where I, it, it was everything but my character. And I felt myself being what everybody else wanted me to be instead of being what I knew was in my heart. Mm. So I started ignoring that voice inside and slowly but surely I became uh, just like a prisoner of everybody else's thoughts of how they thought I should be. Mm -hmm. And from there, money wasn't coming in after I was like writing songs and it would like take a long time for royalties and things to come in. And I was like, man, then an A-list celebrity uh, artist, I was in the studio with him. This was my breaking point. I'm living in my car, writing a song for a platinum selling artist. I come up with the melody. I come up with like certain lyrics. And then when it came time to get my credit, they said, no, they rearranged the song. It's different. The song comes out and it's the exact same song. And that song becomes number one 
and it won a Grammy. So wow. I'm living in my car hearing my song. And I was like, you know what? F music, F these people. I'm like, I'm done. No, still no money coming in. So I was like, all I have is my car. So I was like, man, I just closed myself out to the world. And to go back home to Houston, Texas was like the ultimate failure because I said, I'm never coming back yeah. home. The ultimate, so I couldn't do it. And I was too prideful to get a job. And I had to portray this fake image of what I thought people is like, yo, Garen, I'm trying to be like you. I'm like, man, you have no idea. I'm dying on the inside. Mm -hmm. Slowly but surely. It's just like one day led to the next. I'm living in my car. I'm sleeping over a different girl's house. Like, yo, I'm tired of sleeping with these women. I'm tired of sleeping on people's couches. All I have is my car. And then one day turn into 10 days, turn into a month, turn into five months, turn into numb with emotions and days were just passing. Put on 30 pounds, mom dying in the hospital, mm -hmm. girlfriend broke up with me, daughter pretty much disowned me. I'm $200,000 in debt. And then one day after I had tried, it was like my second time trying to take my life. And I was like, man, I can't do anything right. And I couldn't even do that right. Taking my own life. Mm -hmm. And that's when I cried out. And it was August 3.43 in the morning, 2011. And I just like, okay, I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of fighting. I don't want to fight anymore. I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. I want to be inspired. I just want to inspire people. And I just... And, and, and I just, it was just like this deep cry. And I never said what I wanted. I always talked about what I don't want. I don't want to be broke. I don't want this kind of girl. I don't, mm. well, the way the subconscious mind works, if you're focused on what you don't want, you're going to get it. Yeah. But I never, ever said what I wanted. And no one has ever asked me what I wanted. So that's, that night was the very first night I ever said what I wanted. And to wrap this up, after I said, just show me a sign, a week later, I'm at the gas station and a homeless guy, quote unquote, asked me for money. And I said, you have more money than me. And he said, change your mindset, change your life. The homeless guy. And I've heard people give me quotes and motivation things before, but something about that was different. It like stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, Change your mindset. So if my mind is set on something, then that's why the result is what it is. So if I do different with the same circumstance, my life will change. Hmm. It's been almost 10 years to the date. And every time I don't feel like doing something in areas of my life where it's not like working, I've trained myself to do the opposite. So my life is a direct reflection of all of the opposites because most people we're habitual creatures by nature mm -hmm. i'm 10 years removed from that by simply doing the opposite mm. i love that it was like god was dressed as a homeless person with yep. a message for you and it can show up anywhere mm -hmm. yeah um our stories have a lot of parallels and uh i'm going to talk about my best friend and mentor tom in a little bit uh, and his community because I really feel um, this message could really touch their hearts because um, I know their story is, most of their stories is very much like yours. Um, 
but I also lived in my car for over a year mm-hmm. at age 15. I'd been living on the streets. I dropped out of school, waitressing during the day, newspaper girl at night. And the night before my 16th birthday, I, and I had just tried to commit, commit myself, um, commit suicide by drinking hydrogen peroxide, which mm-hmm. didn't kill me, but I thought that it would, <clears throat> but then everyone made fun of me because I thought that it would kill me, you Got know? It. And then, um, cried out the night before my 16th birthday to God or source or whatever higher power would hear me. Basically, if you'll just take this depression from me, I will commit my life to service. Like if you'll just take this feeling of hopelessness from me, I will commit my life to helping others who are feeling this way. And it was the day before my 16th birthday. And then I, I was living in that car. I left the car. I took a Greyhound bus to San Antonio got involved in the Youth Homeless Association and in a youth group. And, um, you know, it was a long road from there, but it, it reminded me so much of your story. But yeah. there was another thing that you said, um, the energy cannot be created or destru- destroyed. It can only be transferred. Yeah. Um, I wanted to see if you could expand on that a little yeah. bit, because that is really, that, that was a big, yeah. like a, a big flag for me when you said it. What do you got to think about this? It's... Just think about energy in itself. Mm-hmm. Energy is everywhere. This table, mm-hmm. this water, these bowls, your hair, your eyes, my face, those plants. Energy is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And and depending on where you direct it determines how the the, the thing is seen. It's like think of a, a, a light. You turn on a switch. And it goes, bing, mm-hmm. just like this ring light right now. It goes, mm-hmm. bing, because it's directed to a certain space. But if you turn on the switch and it was directed to the guitar in a certain way, mm-hmm. then you might hear, boom, boom, <laughs> boom. So when you think of energy, think of a laser. If you take a laser you shoot that one stream of energy at a deadbolt lock, it'll cut it just like that. But if you spread it 15 different ways, now it becomes a prism. It's not strong enough because the energy has been given to everything else. Mm -hmm. It's not strong enough. So it'll just go, it'll, it'll go out like this. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, the, the, there's a book called follow one course until successful. It's like literally direct your energy to what you want. And eventually it will happen. But most people, they give their power away. They give their energy away. They worry about what other people think. And all of that is energy. And you only have so much energy points per day. Mm -hmm. And so what I've learned how to do is fill up my own tank, fill up my tank, my love tank, mm-hmm. my soul tank with affirmations and good nutrition and self-speak and so many things that fill up. And then uh, the, where my overflow of energy comes from is simply because I gave it to myself first. And so mm-hmm. I do my best not to give people my scraps. So if I'm depleted, then I'm giving my project, my scraps, Mm -hmm. my wife, my scraps, my daughter, my scraps, Mm -hmm. social media, my scraps. But if I am the best version of myself because of how much I've, I've like filled up my energy, my energy tank, 
I can direct that energy anywhere I want and it will get the powerful force of as, as a laser beam. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's kind of like when somebody, how can I put it? Okay, so there's like a, a, a cell, then it turns into all these other cells, then it turns into like a human and humans have cells. And then that cell goes, sperm, boom, goes, that's passing of energy that goes in and then it creates another human and just keeps going. And DNA is energy and it just keeps going, 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 going because it has a direction. And because it has a direction, that's why humans keep being created. What people typically do is put their energy, they're like, oh, I want to be a book writer. Then they start doing this. Then they start um, working on their shoes, shoe line, then their makeup line. Mm-hmm. Then it's just like, why isn't it happening for me? Yeah, because you directed all of your energy to like 20 different places. But so if you looked at energy like it was a child, it wants your full attention. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't get your full attention, what does a child do when it when when it's trying to get your attention and you have kids? And you don't pay attention. Mom, 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 mom. Let's... And then silence. Energy is the exact same way. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of children, I'm curious because you also brought up your daughter um, at a time that she disowned you. I'm curious if you have any any messages for fathers um, when it comes to that, when yeah. it comes to past mistakes. Yeah. Well, I, I was so, I was in such shame because mm-hmm. I was trying to, every conversation, I was trying to make up for the past. Mm-hmm. And you just can't make up on the past. No matter how much you think you can make up for the past, you can't. But you can decide who you're going to be from here on out, mm-hmm. which is a different context. Mm-hmm. So every time I'd be so powerful in the world, and then any time it came to texting or calling my daughters, I hope she sees I can change. And I was this weak little personality that was just surrounded by shame and I never honored my word and I lacked integrity just because I was afraid of how she would respond. Mm -hmm. And then one day I went on a five-day silent retreat and to just go deeper. And then a guy at the very end named Steve, he's like, you're a good-looking guy. It's safe to say you can get any girl you want. I was like, yeah. He said, get a date with your daughter. Mm -hmm. And I was like, She's a girl. Oh my God. I've been treating her like she was a three-year-old and she was 15 at the time. So I only, I didn't see her in a different light. So I say, you know what? From here on out and men pay really close attention and women. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to make up for the past, here's what I said. I am the most powerful representation of who she will marry one day. Mm. And I didn't know what that was like, but just by saying the word, I am the most powerful representation, I started thinking different. I started, I don't know, it it was like I called out and then God gave me these, it was just like I became a, it was like a puppet master to what I was asking for. Mm. And then I asked her on a date and, and I was like, Wear your best outfit. Don't ask any questions. Get magazine ready. We're going to go out on a date. And then her mom goes, what did you say to my daughter? I'm like, why? She's like, I've never seen her so giddy. And I was like, oh my goodness. So we go out on a date and then, you know, I don't look like I'm in my forties. She's 15. And 
one of the couple the couple next to us goes i just gotta say y'all make such a great couple oh, gosh. Like, yes. <laughs> and my daughter was like oh gross that's my dad but that's that's what it was she wanted to be pursued because what i noticed was every boyfriend she had was just like me mm. but the weak version of me mm-hmm. and every time i level up she broke up with that guy and then got a guy that was just like who i leveled up mm-hmm. into and then i leveled up again and then i started working on myself she's like you know what? i think i want to start working on myself and i was like oh you can't be what you can't see she was only going off the example that she could see. Mm-hmm. But I am the most powerful representation of who she will marry one day. Just by saying that, the energy that I approach every conversation was way different. I wasn't like this week. I hope she, like, no, I am, I am a powerful man. I'm doing the absolute best that I can. I cannot make up for the past, but I can tell you who I am right now. And ho- however anybody thinks, that's on them. I can't change their experience. But here's what I noticed. This was so profound. In all the businesses that I do, it's 90% women. I've always attracted lots of women. Oh, okay. And I lead women very well. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, I, got, I always say I got the cheat code because I was raised by all women. Mm-hmm. But men let me in because I look like them, but they don't even realize the mm-hmm. part that they let me in is the feminine aspect. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so... I was raised by women. And so I've just by energy energy, I just that's what I that's what I attract. And I noticed that when my relationship started changing, all the women kept making comments about their dad. And as me and Kylia's relationship kept elevating their relationships with their dads were elevating because then they started projecting a different image of their dad based off of who I was being. I wish my dad could be like Garen, hmm. how Garen is with his daughter. Cause they had a different image projection and you, your dad will show up in the projection that you see him. So if you see him differently, he shows up. So there was a girl that was in her forties, never had a date with her dad. The week that I had a date with my daughter, she was like, man, I wish my dad would take me on a date. All of a sudden, she's like, my dad called me. I haven't talked to him in five years. And he asked me to go on a date. What? So all of this stuff started happening because they started projecting their dad in a different light. Hmm. People will show up to the projection that you have of them. That's a lot. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. I, I love that idea of you know, our children will someday marry someone like us uh, because in a way that's how they heal the wound, you know, that's how they heal their wounds. They're looking to heal those childhood um, issues or anything that was less than nourishing through their partners. That's the whole Imago concept. Um, And I love that your daughter started that while you started to level up and then she's not going to end up waiting until she's in her thirties and realizing I've just been trying to heal what my dad didn't give me. She's starting to realize now that what you're giving her is what she wants instead, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's really beautiful. Um, there, there's a lot there. It's a, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's a whole, it's a whole lot and they don't teach you it in school. Mm-hmm. And I've had to learn the hard way. 
So I've committed my life to sharing all the things that I've learned. And I've seen so many people's relationships change massively. Yeah. And I feel men get so stuck in that spiral shame. Yeah. Like you you said, of trying to make up for the past. And I think a lot of dads um, are so ashamed that they can't make up for the past. So they just don't even try, you know, so that, that idea of, of focusing on the now and, and, and just being who you are now and being amazing now is huge. I think for fathers, um, and, but no one ever talks about that either. Right. So they wouldn't even know to do it because it's not talked about and you mm-hmm. can't be what you can't see. And, you know, people like they respond to what they hear. Mm-hmm. I never heard anybody doing that. I like, it was like trial and error for me. Yeah. And when you step out of the past as father or mother, that child's going to step out of the past too, because they're going to be enjoying the moment because you are, you know? Yeah. So that's amazing. I love that. Um, so I've heard you say that you were born looking like your mom <clears throat> and dad, but you'll die looking like your decision. Yeah. Right? Decisions. Okay. Yeah. So you talked about this when it comes to when it came to you drawing a line in that sand yeah so can you go into that some well you know you dna mm-hmm. your genes you look like your mom and your dad well i'll give you an example there was a i was working some nutrition and health with a set of uh, identical twins and both of them i was trying to get on a nutrition program and one of them said nah you know it's not my thing so he keeps drinking mm. First, uh, within the, the 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 first month, the one guy who started the nutrition program uh, and who made a choice to change his uh, lifestyle, mm-hmm. he loses five pounds. Um, the other one was working out; he loses five pounds, and I kept telling him, and I was like, "I know, but you're you're like drinking, but it's eventually going to catch up with you." He was like, "Nah, man, I lost five pounds too. I'm good." And he's working out really hard. Then he loses 10 pounds, the one that was drinking. Mm -hmm. Another guy, he loses 15 pounds. And then all of a sudden, the guy that's drinking beer, he starts putting on weight. Another guy ends up losing 40 pounds. Mm -hmm. And the other guy is now 20 pounds heavier. Another guy's down 65 pounds. Mm. Mind you, they were almost 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. Then the the guy who was drink kept drinking and doing the whole lifestyle that was like that. He's up 60 pounds. He's put on 60 pounds wow. of fat. And the other guy is down 75 pounds. These are identical twins. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who chose healthy, active lifestyle, he's down 110 pounds. And the other guy is up 100 pounds. Wow. And they're identical twins. Well, the other one had to go to the hospital because his uh, his health was so jacked. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I told you. But that was his decisions. Mm -hmm. And... He almost didn't make it. It took him to almost lose his life. Mm-hmm. By that time, his brother's down 125 pounds and the CrossFit and everything super healthy. And he never really could get back on the wheel. Mm-hmm. And he's almost died several times. 
Those were his decisions. Yeah. So you'll die looking like your decisions. Mm -hmm. So if you make decisions that are favorable for your life, one that leads you to grace and ease and peace of mind and mm -hmm. abundance and building people up and loving yourself, loving other people, healthy living a healthy, active lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where like, man, wow, like my decisions and people, some people I even went to school with when I went to my 20 year class reunion, they were like, yo, how do you look exactly the same? <laughs> and they, some of them looked like they were like 50. Mm -hmm. You had to look into their eyes. And you can tell that life wore on them. Mm -hmm. And I told, I told one guy, I said, man, age don't make you old. I said, when you let your life beat you down and, and you're not doing the things you love, you love, you're in relationships you don't want to be in. It's like your spirit start, starts to sag. It can't hold that weight. Those are all decisions that you make. Mm -hmm. And so when I refer to you're born looking like your mom and dad, but you're, you'll die looking like your decisions, what are the decisions that you could make mm -hmm. that will have you live the most favorable life that you're absolutely proud of? Mm. Um, and so people can like literally take your blueprint of life and be like, man, I want to be like my dad. I want to be like my mom. I want to be like my cousin, like the way they live their life. And that's all, that's all decisions. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And so much of it too is um, making space for play. And I know your birthday party on Saturday. Oh, we about to have a blast. Is It's your 43rd, but you're saying. 42nd. Oh, 42nd, but you're saying it's like for your inner child to come play, you yeah. know? So I think that has a lot to do with it too, is like, are you still letting that inner child play? Yeah. You know, so good. I don't think many, uh, I mean, this, this might be incorrect, but probably a lot of the people that you're talking about, that's probably not what they're choosing to do on their 42nd birthday. You Nor know? do so, they even know. Right. That's the thing. They don't teach this in school. They don't right. teach it in college. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I literally... 10 day silent retreats, uh, mastery and transformation training, uh, like doing all these emotional intelligence courses to be like, Oh, this is why, but they don't teach this. Yeah. And so it's like, wow. So I'm literally going back and course correcting. I always hear people say, Oh, leave the past in the past. I'm like, nah, man, not if you didn't get the lesson. Because mm. your future will be a recreation yeah. of your past. Mm -hmm. It'll keep showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So some people want a nice big fancy house because they're trying to fill a void or portray a certain image. But I know that your house represents something different to you. Yeah. So can you share that with us? So, um, yeah, it was my house just represents, it, it represents so much growth, how much I've changed, how much my wife's changed. My wife, she's got a crazy story like yours and mine. Like mm -hmm. they overcame stuff, like like sleeping in buildings and all kind of stuff, going in, in jail and things like that. It's like domestic violence. Like to have overcome so many mm -hmm. things, to mm -hmm. be to a space where, I'm in a space with my best friend, mm. someone I love, the mother of our future child, soul, baby soul, 
will be here September 30th. Mm. Like, and to look, and it's not about this, this 8,700 square feet, you know, it's on two, two, two acres, got a well on the property, got a freaking river in the back. But all of that just represents the expansion of how much of an impact we make in the world, how much of an impact we made in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like a baby. Baby's in the, is, is in the womb. What once grew on the inside grows too big for the space. Mm. And what once was too big for the space is then produced in the next realm called birth. I, that's how I, I that my life is like a video game. It plays just like that. When I got my bikes, my cars, everything was literally the a, a reflection of me growing to the next space, my wife growing to the next space, us growing to the next space together. And what I've learned is when you're energetically too big for the space, weird things start happening. You start getting sick. Things started breaking down because the outside is the physical manifestation of what's going on inside. Mm-hmm. And so when you're too big for the space, things will get, send you reminders saying it's time to go. Like literally it's time to go. You've already graduated fifth mm-hmm. grade, time to go to sixth mm-hmm. grade. Mm-hmm. And I look at life the same way. So once I start seeing things and they're like, this thing broke down and this thing happened, then I start examining my life. I'm like, oh, mm. I've already hit the level and I'm for some weird attachment, childhood attachment issue. I want to stay in this same spot, mm-hmm. but really it's time to go. It's time to go to the next level because I've already covered this ground. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> That's good that um, this year has been a really painful cleansing, not only with what you know of having to get rid of 75% of our belongings, which there's been a lot of cleansings. And so that resonates with me a lot that maybe those were just things I needed to grow out of. Yeah. Um, and then I, uh, before moving on to the next question, it, it, it occurred to, I, I started to feel a lot of gratitude because it occurred to me another parallel with our story. Like you were in the alligator river. Is that what mm-hmm. it was? Yeah. Alligator Island. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, committing crimes and, and all of that. And you talked about, you know, the lemonade stand, which isn't dangerous, but it reminded me of, you know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up and I used to go door to door and this, we basically, it was near government housing. Like it was not a good area for me to be doing this. I was going door to door. If you would open the door and I tell them I'll paint your nails for 25 cents. And mm-hmm. they, they said, no, I'd be like, how about I sing to you? Like, I'll sing yeah. to you for 50 cents. Yeah, like, I can relate. I can <laughs> and relate. So I would literally, I would put on performances for people, but I would wow. go in their house and that was not freaking safe. I was like five, six years old, you know, wow. and then hitchhiking across highway 35 as a teenager. I just, I felt a lot of gratitude hearing your story and thinking of mine of how there was always this protection because yeah. we were here to do what we're meant to do, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so another thing that you said, um, recently was you life cannot deny someone who gives it their absolute all. And I feel like we've talked about that generally already, but I remember when I was talking to Adrian Grenier, um, I think he's a mutual friend of yours as well. Yeah. I was talking to him about having to start this podcast all the way over. And I, I said, well, what do I have to lose? And he was like, what? 
no, I don't want to listen to that show. I want to listen to the show where you give it your all and you have everything to lose. And that it, I've, that's so cool. Yeah, it was so good. And I just, I was so motivated in that moment to make this the best show. Cause at first I was yeah. just like, I had one for two and a half years. It was dissolved um, because the partnership dissolved and I just, I was feeling really um, discouraged. And so when he said that it was like, yeah, I do have it all to lose. I am going to give it my all. So, and I know the spirit's going to honor that. So I want to hear from you though. um, You know how that spurred up in you. So. Or what that means to you. No, it's so funny because the other day someone said to me, oh, that's easy for you to say you got all the money. Hmm. And I was like, that's interesting. I was saying that back in 2009 when I was sleeping in an abandoned building living in my car, but I just didn't have the physical evidence. Mm. And I had 125 videos out. And the title of my YouTube channel was called The Storage, but nobody knew I was living in my storage unit, but it had such great lighting, kind of like this lighting <laughs> here. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it, it was crazy, 125 videos. And I just kept going and I kept going. And I didn't know the life cannot deny someone who gives their absolute all at that time. I just know I was so, so determined. Good. My boy, Chris, told me to come over his house one day. And he said, what do you love to do? And I listed a few, I listed some things. And he said, what are you really good at? And I listed some things. And he said, why don't you go on Craigslist every single day and look up 15 ways to make money Hmm. in those things that you're really good at and you love to do. I'm a singer. I love to sing. I can relate to you. (laughs) I used to do singing telegrams in person and on YouTube and people would pay me $50 a pop. And you know, it, it it's like, there was things that I, and I, every single day, I was like, I'm really good at this really good. Every single day. If I was like, one day it's going to happen. One day it's going to happen every day at Starbucks. It's like 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15. Then one day somebody gave me opportunity to become a health and wellness coach. Mm. Doing what? Something that I would do for free. Mm. Work people out, which is what I was already doing at Runyon Canyon. And I had 75 people that I had built up and I was training them for free and motivating them up this mountain. Mm -hmm. And I was doing it for free. And you get people on nutrition programs and then you do these free workouts. And I'm like, oh man, it's crazy. I'll do this for free. I'm like, oh, this is what I asked for. So I went through and I kept going. It was the determination, like a little kid. Walking is not our natural state. The fetal position is. We adapt into the upright position by getting up and falling down 72,560 some odd times. But somebody gets rejected once, oh, it's not going to work. Or they try at something at once, oh, it's not going to work. Yeah, but... Show me what happens when you take no for an when you don't take no for an answer. Mm. I learned how to grow through my nose to earn my powerful yes. Mm. So I just wouldn't stop. And through that, I built resilience. So now I don't even hear rejection. I don't hear, I don't hear the word no, because no means not right now to me. Mm. They don't know what they're saying no to, but I know what I'm standing for. So I'm gonna stay inside of that. 
And I'm going to stay inside of that. And I'm going to stay. And so what that means to me is when you truly, truly, truly believe in something, somebody else's response to it shouldn't matter. Mm. But if you're trying to get a tent for whatever reason you're doing something, you're trying to prove a point or if your intentions aren't right, Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll see it show up when you get rejected. Mm, That's really good. When you're really, really locked in, it's like, okay, on to the next. I really love what I do. Oh, okay. On to the next. I really love what I do. Yeah. Mm, That's really good. Yeah. A lot of people's, um, a no can be, so hard for the ego if if the answer was about validation yep yeah that's really good so a lot of what we've talked about today i basically you there was a i guess like a seven or eight minute video um that my boyfriend tom shared to his story and it was you sharing your story and uh, in in this video you talk a lot about what we've talked to, about today but my only struggle was because i believe in it i believe in your message and i believe in the change your men's mindset change your life um i've changed my mindset and i've changed my life so i know that it works yeah my only struggle though is i thought about my best friend um tom shadyak he he wrote and directed like liar liar ace Ventura, nutty professor and then he gave a up most of his money to open up this rock climbing gym in the poorest zip code in America. It's in Soulsville in Memphis. And he doesn't charge for the kids to come in. He's just simply getting them off the street and having these workers there basically mentor them. And those kids stories are just like yours. I have a lot of the kids that I've met, their fathers were murdered by age 12. Um, Their mothers were single moms working to the bone. A lot of them didn't get to finish school because they needed to start working. And I think of them, um, and because of what Tom's doing there, it's it's also such a happy place now. You know, yeah. he's making such a difference. But I think of them, you know, being raised in poverty and being taught a certain way of life in a zip code that is really forgotten and unseen by our country. And I imagine if they watched your video, they would feel inspired but also that it maybe it doesn't apply to them. It's not in the cards for them because they haven't actually seen it walk in their community, you know, like, and this is all they've known. So I also think about um, the mom who's afraid to leave her unhappy marriage because she doesn't know if she can provide for the kids on her own or the village I stayed in in Uganda where they're just trying to get, food every like food is their only (laughs) priority at this point you know and i think about that and i think about how this video and your story would be so inspirational but how for them it may not feel a possibility so i don't really know how to frame a question here but what i got you so one people listen to who they relate to Mm -hmm. and you're so relatable and everything Mm -hmm. that you shared i've seen somebody make it out of that so Mm -hmm. anything that you come up with Someone had the exact had a worse situation, and they came and they came out of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, one thing that I share all the time is look at the example. 
you know, we may not have the exact same story. You may have never been to prison before for two and a half years or something like that, but doesn't necessarily mean you're not in prison right now. You can be in a relationship for five years. You don't want to be in prison job for 20 years and you don't know how to leave prison. So once you start um, taking away from the surface and feeling it from the spirit, see when it, when it has a moving spirit, Mm-hmm. You can't make logic of spirit. Mm-hmm. It just, there's just a moving, there's a, there's a driving energy. Mm-hmm. That video, I didn't think about anything. I was being called to share that. Mm-hmm. So when I'm in, when I'm being called to share something, it has the ability to create miracles when I'm not in the way. Like I wasn't yeah. thinking about anything that I was going to say, or, oh man, this is going to be a lots of, that's like the most watched video I've ever had. Yeah. And I wasn't even trying to do that. And mm-hmm. sometimes I was like, oh man, this is going to get a lot of hits. And it doesn't. Yeah. This one, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just like, yo, I just it feel moved and called and I want to share this. Mm-hmm. The variation of people that have reached out to me, a lot of people never been through what I've been through. They're like, it's time to make a change. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I, something is different inside of my heart. Mm-hmm. So you just put it out there. You just continue to keep putting out uh, information. And there's no one thing that's going to be right for everybody. Mm-hmm. However, one person does it. Think about this. I'm one person who's impacted millions. So imagine one of those people catches it. Yeah. You just, you just never know, but I don't leave it to logic because it didn't come from my brain. Mm-hmm. It came from the spirit. Spirit will do whatever it needs to do. I just needed to deliver the mer- the message. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And there's, there's something also to your message is so important. But I think something too is there's so many and not to take away from their power influence at all, but there's so many um, successful white men, Tony Robbins, whoever um, preaching this mindset and it can't, it's not, it doesn't feel relatable to that community that I brought up. And it's so important because you look like them and you have a similar story and it makes it tangible it makes it relatable so i I really am so thankful that you're you're yeah no i i i I get it 100 percent. i'll tell you when i was a little kid i was five years old and then this is why i know people listen to who they what they what they who they relate to Mm -hmm. i was five years old and i was in uh texarkana and these uh five little white boys were chasing me around and they used to like hit me and all these things and call me nigger like Mm. every day. And, and one day I was running and I was like, stop, leave me alone. And then this white boy came as Ryan. I'll never forget him. He came out of nowhere and he stood in front of me. He was like, leave him alone. Leave him alone. Stop messing with him. And they left me alone. They never messed with me again. I had been saying the same thing. Wow. But they listened to who they can relate to. They listen to what they look like. Mm. So not everybody is going to relate to everybody. Well, that's why you have all these beautiful minds that's going to relate to somebody. There's certain things that some of these guys say, I hear it and then I make it make sense in my own frame of reference. Mm. And I share it to my community. And I wouldn't expect to 
you know, reach every single person, but I'm going to deliver the message and it's going to reach everybody that it's supposed to reach. Mm -hmm. The very first time I showed my, shared my testimony, this is when I knew I was, I was called to be a person that stands for the voice of the voiceless. Mm. The very first time I shared my testimony, I was like, you think you know me? You have no idea. You know this, but right now I'm living in my car, sleeping in the in, in, in the abandoned building, sleeping on bubble wrap, eating syrup, syrup sandwiches. I posted that online. First message I got. When I read your message, I put the gun down. Mm. Fifth message, five messages later. When I read your message, I didn't drive my car off the bridge. Thank you. Mm. I was like, Okay, I know why I'm here. Yeah, the first uh, podcast I ever went on, it was um, it was a Fox Sports podcast uh, or Fo Fox Sports Radio. So it wasn't a podcast; it was kind of before podcasts were a thing. And uh, it was for an MMA show, and I talked openly about my depression and my anxiety, and I got so many messages just like that. Like, I feel less alone now. I, I feel like I can battle my depression and get through it now. Um, I'm not, I'm not feeling suicidal. Like I was, I feel hope. And that nine years ago was when that happened. That was when I decided that I wanted to do this yeah. podcasting, but at the time it wasn't really, there was just Joe Rogan, you know? And so, um, that was where the seed was planted in me to want to speak about this on into a microphone for people to hear and get yeah. help. So, um, yeah, so I'm so thankful that you're doing the same before we go into the uh, closing questions that I end every show with. I did want to ask about, um, you have a weekly relationship ritual with your wife Yeah, and, uh, it's so cool. Yeah. So tell us about that. So it's, um, uh, we got it from our friends, uh, uh, a D and Michael, and it's like every Sunday because things what would happen is in our relationship, something will come up and I was like, oh, I'm going to go with the guys or I'm going to go do this. And I would notice this weird energy around the house with my wife. And, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I told you about it last week and this. And it was just like there was no we weren't on one accord. And my wife kept pressing. We should have a meeting. She kept pressing. And finally we did. And then we sat down. We looked at each other's schedule. I'm doing this. I have this. I have this. Went over her schedule. Went over my schedule. And then and then we started. We're just like, so there's a list of questions. Uh, let me get my phone. There's a list of questions that we do, which I think are it, it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. The combination of our names is... Uh, it's Blair and Garen, so we call ourselves Blairin. Okay. <laughs> and so it's called the Blairin Love Meeting, and it's the same time every Sunday. And say schedule, go through the week, make sure we have date night, and at least one day where we move our bodies together, whether it's pickleball, walking, working out. Um, make sure we are um, – we aren't missing anything that is happening for each other. Is there anything that either of us need support with during the week? So when we do this on Sunday, mm -hmm. it's already set up for the entire week. Mm -hmm. Then there's date night. What are we doing? Does it need to be moved? How can we make it special? How can we improve from the week before? Sex. A lot of people don't talk about mm -hmm. sex. Listen, talk about sex. Yeah. Talk about it. 
What do we want this to look like? Exploration, anything we want or need. Sometimes I'm just like, I want you to touch me in more. Touch me more. She'll say certain things. I'm like, I'm on it. I got it. I'm prepared. And so I'm, I have this scheduled for the week. Uh, anything left unsaid? Are we holding on to anything? Complaint, issues? You know, you hold on to things and it builds up, builds mm-hmm. up, builds up, builds up. Then you, you're cooking oatmeal and all of a sudden it comes out. And like, what, what does this have to do with oatmeal? It's yeah. like, because it was something from three months ago we held on to. So giving it the neutral space for people to share things coming from neutral has been a game changer inside of our marriage and relationship. Um, Any compliments that we didn't say. Um, And then the last one is praise for self and other. One, at least one acknowledgement for self. Most people, they do and do and do and do and do. And it's like, I just feel like, I feel like I'm being taken for granted, but all that is, is a reflection of how you're treating yourself. Like you are bypassing all of the little details and you have not acknowledged yourself mm-hmm. for things. And the outside is the manifestation of how, how you do yourself, how you mm-hmm. treat yourself. So being able to acknowledge myself in front of my wife and her seeing her voice, I'm proud of myself for mm. <clears throat> And number two, at least one acknowledgement for the other. Try to be creative and find something new. Mm. That's really good. That's therapy. Has been a game changer. Yeah. I'm like, yo, so when things come up, it's not a surprise mm. because we already talked about it and we share each other's schedule. So I can always look at her schedule and see what's going on. She can always look at my schedule. So if she wants to, she'll look at my schedule like one time. Um I had like a two hour block. Mm-hmm. I know what my schedule was. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden it says meet baby in the bedroom <laughs> from three to three thirty, And I was like, who put, ah, <laughs> so it becomes this like fun little game mm-hmm. and it keeps stimulation. It's not like boring. So we're like trading yeah. and for our, d- and for our date nights, this is, this has been a game changer too. And a date night every Friday. Um, and after 4 PM, it's like no phones. Like everything is done Mm. as busy as both of us are. This is our time, Mm -hmm. um, which we agreed upon. So she didn't make me, we agreed. (laughs) And, um, and every other weekend, I mean, every other week we do something like if it's this week, it'll be my week. So I come up with Mm -hmm. something. Next week, it'll be her week. Mm-hmm. So we alternate every single week. And then we'll ask, uh, do you want relax or do you want adventure? Do you want to create? That's the only thing I say. And mm-hmm. then she'll come up with something based off of what I said. Yeah. And we do it vice versa. And it just keeps it spicy. Yeah, that's so good. And I know a lot of parents listening um, might feel like they can't do that. But maybe even if it was once a month would make all the difference because a lot of couples haven't gone on a date in months. They haven't gone on a date in a year because of how busy their schedule is with their kids. You would be very surprised if you, if you looked at your schedule mm-hmm. and saw what you wasted time on. Yeah. How much freedom you could actually create. That's true. So people are like, oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. I don't have time. Yeah, but you just spent an hour, two hours watching a useless television. You spent this. What could you have done at that time that contributed mm-hmm. towards a relationship? Yeah. So it's like, how do you how do you really go through your schedule 
and like really be honest, <laughs> could you have gotten a babysitter? Could you like what are some options? Like yeah. it, it allows you space. If you to really want to do it, you'll if you you'll make really want to do it, you'll find a way. If yeah, not, it's you'll all find about being intentional. I think I can think back to a past relationship that um that partner wouldn't have even had that Sunday meeting with me. He, yeah. because to him it was too forced and rigid. And I think it's so important because I know people feel like that about scheduling sex. Like, well, no, then it's forced. Then it's not going to be enjoyable. But it, to me, it's, it's actually, you're just being intentional because yeah. you love the person and you want to create the romance and not just expect it to appear, you know? So and the one thing that I say, cause words, words do matter. Mm -hmm. So anytime, it, like if my wife says something about scheduling or something like that, mm -hmm. or, even what you just said, scheduling sex, I immediately put a block up. Okay. But if I heard, are you open to creating intentional time for mm -hmm. us to love on each other? It's the That's same true. thing, but feels different in my heart. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, I don't think of mechanics. Mm -hmm. I don't think of, oh, schedule and all these, that creating intentional time to love on each That's other. That's so good. Yeah, words make all the difference. Um, I know I used to have a bad habit of saying, um, I can't live like this. Like, cause I got in my childhood, there was so much chaos that I felt like life was always going to be like that, that yeah. I got in this, like, I can't live like this. It has to change. And I know in relationship that sentence does not work. It's too yeah. threatening. And so the thing that I feel, um, took the place, the thing that took the place of that, that seemed to work best was we need a new strategy. Cause it yeah. puts, it puts the partner into problem solving mode yeah. and it's not threatening. It's just, yeah. it's, like you're that. literally saying, I want to work on this with you. We need a new strategy. That's all. Yeah, so yeah, I, like I agree. Words make all the difference. Um, there is a few short questions that I like to ask everyone who comes on the show. First, if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? Keep going. Keep going. But I wouldn't want to, cause I, I, I wouldn't not want to alter anything mm. so I wouldn't important. be here with you right now if yeah. even you know you take a tennis ball and you hit it one degree to the left the it goes all the way mm -hmm. it's the same thing so I wouldn't want to like say anything but I've heard keep going before mm. I, when I was a little kid I've heard I've seen I've gotten messages um so what good. is it called messages from anonymous people on PayPal when I was living in my car that just randomly gave me $1,500, which is the amount I needed to get my car to the impound and pay these tickets. Wow. I believe in you keep going. Yeah. How do I know that that wasn't my higher self from the future that was leading me? Mm. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say That's anything so else other than. Yeah. My whole going. body just got body got, just got chills. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, if you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? The whole world read one book. I would say The Power by Rhonda Byrnes. Okay, I haven't heard of that one. It's it's just... I thought you were going to say The Power of Now. No, I haven't heard that's, of this one. That, that's too educated for most people. Mm. It, it's the audiobook with Rhonda Byrnes is such a great book on really learning 
how to love yourself and really be gentle with mm. your thoughts and practical things that you can do and practical examples. And that was something that I listened to over and over while I was, and I was like, and anytime somebody is like, oh, I'm struggling with that, I was like, have you heard this book? Try that. Let me know what you think. Mm. Listen to it when you work out, when you wake up, when you drive, you know, just like create a new create a new rhythm yeah. in your head you listen to a song over and over and yeah. over you'll sing it mm -hmm. so what if you're listening to ways to love yourself over and mm. over and over you'll sing it say it and embody it mm, so good if you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet what would it be you are who you have been looking for all your life mm. That's beautiful. I love that. All right. Lastly, how can people connect with you to work with you? Um, well, or just to follow you on your Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Instagram, Garen Jones. Mm -hmm. I mean, Garen.Jones. And my website is, it's literally un under construction, but it's Garen, GarenJones.com. And we have 12 week uh, whole life success courses that are about to come out. I have relationships courses that are about to come out and my book change your mindset, change your life is on Amazon in Spanish and English. And, um, got men's workshops that are about to come out. Mm. Like just all, all walks of life. I will have my hands in because I really want to get this message out. Yeah. Hmm. It's such an important message and men's work. I'm so glad you're doing. Um, that is such important work. Such important. Wow. I feel like it's finally, you know, women have been, I feel like really um, into this and, and I feel like they, um, it's just now gotten popular for yeah. men just in the last couple of years. It's gotten popular for men to do it too, to meet up with each other and, not to drink or to party or whatever, but to actually be with each other in the yep. space. It's become like, there's this, you guys doing it. It's a permission slip, you know, yeah. because it's now becoming almost normal, yeah. you know? So I'm really thankful. Well, that's for it. our goal is to create a new, a new way for what it means to be a man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's the, empowered man brother yeah and i see the videos of my boyfriend working out with you wednesday morning and you guys are you guys it's it's a tribe like you guys yeah. are doing tribal things yep. and it's so different than what you know when you think of men getting together and working out it's yeah. so different than that you guys yeah. are it's medicine yeah so totally. yeah i'm so thankful for you and for the work that you're doing the work that all of the work that you're going to do and um Thank you for being here. On and the thank show. you so much for, for having me on the show. Yeah. Thank you guys also so much for tuning in and being on this journey with us. It would mean so much to me if you would leave a review or share an episode with your friends. You can also join me on Instagram at Untamed and Unashamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.